Hello film lovers, I'm Megan Mealy and this is the first episode of the Feminist Film Club podcast and I am so excited. I'm super excited to talk about what I love most, which is film, and I hope you stick around. So today's episode is going to be a fun little get to know me as a filmmaker, as a person, as a friend. We're gonna have an open and honest conversation about my experience working in the industry. And when I say open and honest, I mean it. I feel like when you meet some people in the industry and you ask them about their career, they're always telling you little white lies to make themselves seem cooler. Um, and I'm already as cool as you can get. So, and I'm totally kidding when I say that. <laughs> anyway, but I seriously, I have nothing to hide. So let's get into it. And I promise you, this is going to be the funnest, I know that's not a word, get ready with me you have ever listened to, ever. Actually, every aspect of the industry just fascinates me. The business of film, the production, what it takes to bring a story to life, and the response that comes after it and everything in between, I just, I cannot get enough of it. Like, for example, the other day, my friend asked me to help her with something related to film and marketing. And she was like, don't feel like you have to do it, like, whatever. I was like, no, you don't get it. This is my Super Bowl and I will get you a 10-page paper to your desk tomorrow morning. So anyway, I was always fascinated with storytelling when I was growing up. My favorite movies were Pocahontas, Beauty and the Beast, Grease, Ella Enchanted, and I'm pretty sure I was each of those people for Halloween at some point in my life. And I honestly think one of the reasons I'm so confident with the industry and in myself is because my parents always let me be myself. So I didn't really do anything on camera until I was in college, but growing up I was always doing stuff on stage. I was in theater from the time when I was seven and then I started dancing. But needless to say, I always knew I wanted to end up in film. After I watched a TV show or a movie, I would go straight to YouTube and I would find every single video I could on that platform of interviews, press junkets, behind the scenes stuff, anything I could find to figure out how that project made it from A to B. And that is a bulk of how I learned about film. So then came college. I applied to one college. I got in in October of my senior year and therefore I was checked out. There's a picture of me in my psych class because we used to like write stuff on the board and hold up our whiteboards and I literally wrote once, I don't care, I'm in college. So I ended up attending the University of Alabama, Roll Tide. If you say anything else, don't. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> and I majored in film and looking back on it, probably should have picked somewhere that was more inclined to film, but I wasn't really sure what side of film I really wanted to get into yet. I knew I was interested in producing, I knew I was interested in writing, I knew I was interested in directing. So needless to say, I should have done more research on the program. Now I'm not saying that I didn't learn a lot because I did. I loved all of my teachers. They were so kind, so helpful, so successful in their fields before they started teaching. But I think I could have been more successful at a school that was more inclined to the film industry itself instead of just being in like the communication school at Alabama. I had the worst senior year. I decided I would save all of my gen eds till my senior year. Don't do that. I don't know why I did that. And I decided I wanted to take a class called Oceanography. I thought it was a study of ocean animals. Um, it was not. It was the study of like the ocean ground. Uh, I don't know why I didn't know that. I've already been made fun of for it enough, so keep it to yourself. And I also had this one theater professor that I think had it out for me. Theater was my minor, by the way. I don't think I mentioned that yet. But I passed his class by one point, and if I didn't pass his class, I wouldn't have been able to graduate. 
And I remember sitting, where was I? I was sitting at dinner with my mom when he emailed me that I passed the class and I, I wanted to cry. I was like, thank God. But I don't know what I would have done. I don't know what I would have done. So when I finally got my degree in creative media and my minor in theater, I ran out of there. <laughs> and I'm gonna be honest, I wasn't the most involved person in the film program at Alabama. And to be honest, they were quite clicky. And when I did go and work on sets with them, because I did it a lot my junior and senior year, like they wouldn't talk to me. And I was like, you? We're in Alabama. It is so important, I cannot stress this enough, to be nice to every single person you meet on a film set because you literally never know where they could end up, ever. In a couple months, they could be a famous whatever you wanna be and you were mean to them, sorry, they're not taking you with them. So. I didn't get a lot of my set experience from there. I did get a lot of my set experience on professional sets, which was almost better. So the summer going into my senior year, I believe, I worked my first professional set the summer going into my senior year. And this is where I learned probably 90% of the stuff I still use today. I am such a visual learner and a doer. So being on a set for me was just mind-boggling because I thought I knew so much <laughs> and I really knew nothing but don't let that scare you because everyone on a set most people sorry most people on a set want to see you succeed and if you're on ever on a set with me I will make sure you succeed I promise you see like the classroom is nice to listen to your teachers and their experiences and their two cents about their subjects but so much of this industry is doing putting in the work and doing it for the outcome you want and you have to hustle and you have to learn how to do things along the way. Sometimes you're just gonna be thrown into things. I was thrown into so many things on my first set that I had no idea how to do. But if you just take a minute, take a breath, you're gonna be fine, I promise. One thing that you have to develop and you will along the way as you keep going um, is thick skin. Because I've heard more no's than yeses. But the way I like to think about it is that every no is just one step closer to that perfect yes. Also, but don't let the no's discourage you because almost the whole entire film industry is in the same boat as you, especially when you're just starting out. And I'm talking even the most famous people still get denied for roles that they really want. It's part of life. But once you start building your contact list, it will only go up from there. So going off of that, the contact list, this is why it is so, so important to make and maintain working relationships with the people that you meet on set. Even if you're just following each other on Instagram, just to make sure that you are circulating somewhere in their brain, especially if they're on a higher level than you are. From my experience in being hired for jobs, most of them were word of mouth. Like, oh, so-and-so needs a production assistant. Are you interested? I'm working on a set tomorrow. Would you be interested in assisting, blah, blah, blah. I'm also, I'm not gonna lie to you guys, it really, really helps that I live 30 minutes from New York City. If you're planning on being successful in this industry, I highly, highly suggest that you think or plan on moving to LA, Atlanta, or New York. LA being the top, top, top. Okay, so without further ado, what you've all been waiting for, let's get into my first experience ever being a production assistant being a production assistant on a professional film set. I wanna say two weeks after I got home from college, my mom's like, Megan, you need a job. And I was like, I know I really do. I really want an internship in the film industry. 
and I was looking, 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 couldn't really find anything because I didn't know where to look because I didn't know who to ask. I'm here for you. But I'm going to be honest with you guys. My first job was from a connection. I'm sorry. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I will get into later how you can get jobs without a connection. So I worked on a TV set in New York City for about three months with reshoots, I want to say. And I'm telling you, I had the freaking time of my life. I remember when I was driving to the first day, I was waiting for myself to get nervous because that's just how I am when I'm doing new things. I was more nervous anticipating it almost, but then when I actually like walked into set, I felt this kind of peace. And I know that sounds so cheesy, but that's truly how I felt. And I knew that I was in the right place and I picked the right major and I was going into the right industry. This is your tiny little reminder to trust your gut. So, as I said, I got this job through a family friend who was an indie producer. I know, I'm sorry again, but I'm really trying to be as honest as possible, I'm telling you. Because people are like, oh no, I just like got that job by myself. Let's be honest here, okay? So, I started out on this set as a intern, a production assistant intern. I was not getting paid, I was the lowest of the lowest of the totem pole, but I was taking anything I could get at that point. And again, I was learning as I went and I was lucky enough to be working with a really, really kind assistant director who could tell I was a newbie and I was nervous and he really talked me through it a lot and I have him to thank for. So the first night I ended up staying much later than I had to just because I genuinely wanted to be there. I wanted to learn as much as I could. Even if I was just sitting there watching, I just wanted to sit there and watch them clean up the set. So after that first day, they asked me back for the rest of the shoot, promoted me to a full-on production assistant, watch out, and decided to pay me. I'm very, very lucky in this sense because the first couple jobs, people work in the industry, they're not paid. And I was so taken back. I was like, wait, what? You wanna pay me for, oh, sure. I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna say no. It was a very low salary, but it was enough. I mean, it got me through my whole senior year of college. It was great. So now, not only was I doing what I loved, but I was getting paid for it. Isn't that great? So by the end of the shoot, I kind of worked my way up into like a production coordinator role, just because I was able to retain information so quickly. And I think that was due to the fact that I had watched so many YouTube videos and so many behind the scenes <laughs> that I was just literally just faking it till I made it. And that's one of my favorite things about confidence is nobody knows if it's real or not except you. So like I said, I took every single opportunity I could be there when they were filming, even if they didn't need me, even if everyone had already gone home. I wanted to stay and take in every moment of the process and I also like offered to drive people home just to pick their brains about stuff. I was in it. I was having the time of my life. Anyway, I made so many amazing connections with people that I still talk to to this day. This set wasn't all rainbows, sunshine, and butterflies. Mm -mm -mm. Well for me it was. I was still having the time of my life. But this was the first time I had experienced women being not so nice to other women. Especially in the film industry, it is so important for us to stick together because there is seriously not a lot of us. I mean, me and my friend from set used to laugh at how comical it was <laughs> by how threatened this woman was by me. I was barely 20 at the time. Actually, I think I was still 19. And if I'm correct, I think she was in her late 30s, early 40s. And I was at the bottom of the totem pole. It was seriously bizarre. Like, I still can't wrap my head around it to this day. 
and me and him still laugh about it. And then she tried to embarrass me at the wrap party, but I don't embarrass easily, so it kind of turned around on her. I was jokingly saying that I wanted to win an EGOT one day, which I still do because who doesn't? <laughs> and mind you, she was not in the conversation that I was in and she raised her voice and started going off on me. And she was like, do you know how much work that takes? Are you kidding me? All you want is an award. You're not in it for the right reasons. You need to get your ego in check. And everyone was like, whoa. Like it was embarrassing for her. Almost everyone in the room told her to stop. And I was like, no, keep it coming. I wanna see what you got. Like, come on, show me, this is funny. Anyway, so I finally shut her up when I said, I wouldn't call it an ego. I said, I would call it a big dream. Are you afraid to dream that big? Crickets, man, crickets. And I remember when I left, our producer, who I love, was like, you go win those awards. And I was like, oh, I will, don't you worry. But honestly, stuff like that is gonna happen to you all the time, especially when you're young in the industry. I've experienced it on many sets where people, even if they're of a higher rank than me, are threatened by me for some reason. Or not just me, but all the young people on set in general, because they're not where they wanna be, they haven't made it as big as they wanted to, and they see us young people who still have our whole lives ahead of us and they're jealous. It's seriously, it's all jealousy. Do not let it get to your head. I'm bringing it back to the thick skin. And a little watching someone embarrass themselves never hurt nobody. If anything, it's funny. And now I tell it as a funny story and I never don't get a laugh. So my next job was the personal assistant slash makeup assistant to the makeup artist that I met on set. And he is one of the hardest workers. He grinds for what he wants. He's a perfectionist. And he was overall just a great person to learn from, especially being that I was starting out and I literally knew nothing. His name was Fadi, cause I know he won't mind me saying his name. He was a global makeup artist for Chanel. And then he started going off on his own and he's done beauty shoots, editorial shoots, movies, TV shows, you name it. So what I was mostly assisting him on was editorials for Harper's Bazaar, Vogue, Weekly Style, Elle, Cosmopolitan. I was in awe of the shoots that we were going on because I'd never experienced anything like this. While he was technically my boss, he was also my friend, which made work even more fun. So he introduced me to so many people in the industry and I have him to thank for most of the experience on my LinkedIn. I got my third job, actually a really crazy story. My mom's friend had amazing nails one day and I was like, oh my gosh, where'd you get your nails done? And she was like, oh my gosh, my friend just learned how to do nails. She's wanted to do it forever. And she started running a business out of her home. So I go to her house, she does my nails. They look fantastic. And then we're talking, we're chatting. Her husband owns a production company. Just start conversations, guys. It's that easy. And I was like, can he hire me? So I was a art department production assistant for a feature film called Goodbye Petrushka. And it is available on Amazon Prime. Go watch it. I promise it's worth it. So as I said earlier, after I had the senior year from hell, I drove straight from Alabama to Mississippi to film a feature. Now, let me tell you, I had to learn to be a script supervisor for this movie. And being a script supervisor is arguably one of the most hard and important jobs on a set. I 
knew nothing about what I was doing, what I was getting myself into, but I said, yes, I will learn for you. I studied for probably the whole second semester of my senior year, watching videos on YouTube, reading articles, asking people I had worked with who were script supervisors, what their favorite method is. And then I thought I had a pretty good handle on it when I got to set on the first day. I studied so hard to the point where nobody had any idea that this was my first time script supervising. And I'm gonna tell you firsthand, once you get the hang of it, it's really not that hard. I was freaking myself out for no reason. So if you feel like you are very good with detail and you're a little nitpicker, I think you would probably be a very good script supervisor. When I told everyone this was my first time script souping, they were like, you're lying. So serious and I'm so scared. So I'm really glad you said that. That was probably one of my favorite jobs I've ever had on a set. Not because I got to sit all day in front of a monitor. What are you, what? Who said that? No, but seriously, it was my favorite job because I was able to get really close with the director because I was basically his right-hand woman. And I was able to ask him questions about shots he was setting up, why he was making the choice he did, anything I could ask him because he was sitting right there. And he even started calling me his boss, which I love. So needless to say, I was very good at my job and I never got paid even though I was told I was gonna get paid, but that's a song for another time. So after that whole ordeal on that set, which maybe I'll tell that story one day, with this industry, you really have to let things roll off your back. Like I said earlier, so many people are upset that they're not where they wanna be or thought they would be. So most of the time, it's more a reflection of how they feel about themselves. And also it's hard to see something going not so well when you're passionate about it, but that doesn't give you the right to be mean. It's not okay to be rude, ever. Remember that. Remember what I told you earlier about being nice to everyone you meet on set? I mean it. So after that, I worked with Vidi again. I don't know if any of you are a fan of the Gilded Age, but I worked on a feature with Ben Ehlers. Super cool guy. I really appreciate that he treated everyone on set equally because sometimes you see those more successful actors come on indie shoots and they're kind of buttholes. You all know one. Yeah, but he was super awesome. So that shoot was a night shoot. We shot from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. in Hell's Kitchen, New York City. And it was on the day of the Lady Gaga concert. So around like 11, 12 p.m., <laughs> you could just tell every single person who was coming from the Lady Gaga concert because they were wearing sparkles, glitter, sequins, feathers, you name it. So that was our nice little entertainment while we were dying. And I say dying in a good way. There's literally no place I'd rather be than on set. I live for the adrenaline rush of every single emotion you've ever felt in your entire life. The intense high pressure situation. I literally live for it. So then August rolls around and I got into grad school in Belfast, Northern Ireland. I was still pretty burnt out from what had happened earlier in the summer. So I didn't work for two months, I wanna say. And that really effed me over because I already wasn't paid for the job I was on. And then I didn't work. And then I got into grad school. How am I gonna do this, I thought. The story only gets worse from here, so you're gonna wanna keep listening. So I was super excited to go to Belfast to get my masters in screenwriting and directing. I was really excited to finally be around people who I knew loved film as much as I did because sometimes I talk about it around my friends who don't love film as much and they're like, you have no idea what you're talking about. Or my mom says this thing where she goes, 
I know you're trying to tell me something, but I can't figure out what it is. So the course started slow and a lot of it in the beginning was review for me of stuff I had already learned in my undergrad and most of it in my first two years of undergrad. Not only this, but I couldn't find a job because almost all the production companies over there were only hiring residents of Northern Ireland. And I can only work 20 hours a week with my visa. And I don't even think that's considered part-time. And then I was waiting for the course to pick up, for me at least, and it never did. And I was just sitting in my room doing nothing. And it's kind of hard to make the best of things when you're not happy. So all of that was really weighing on me when I came home for winter break. Speaking for myself, especially being in the film industry, almost everything I've learned is from doing and being on a set. I'm not really good at retaining information when I'm sitting in a classroom or reading. Like I have to either draw it or see it. Like I'm a very visual learner. And the analogy I've been using to explain it to people is that in my head, college is where you're sitting in a classroom, reading, learning, listening. And in grad school is when you're using what you learned in undergrad and actually doing the work in the field that you studied in. And I was still sitting in a classroom, which just wasn't for me. And I know a lot of people who are great at learning in a classroom, love the course, but I just need to be more hands-on. So I probably should have done more research prior to going, but I was just so excited that I was gonna get to study abroad because I didn't get to due to COVID. And I was like, oh my gosh, Belfast, Northern Ireland, Jamie Dornan, and it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. But you know what? That's okay. I keep forgetting that I'm 22 years old and I still have my whole entire career ahead of me and that it's okay to start over. Even when you're in your 30s. I have a friend right now who just decided she wanted to be an actress and I was like, yes, you go be a freaking actress if you want to. And she's good at it too. Whole career change. And she's doing the dang thing. So I was like, you know what? If she can do it, I can do it. So now I come to you live from New York City and I've been applying for jobs as assistants and associate producers and assistant writers, production coordinators, production assistants, freelance writing jobs, literally anything I can find. And while I haven't heard anything back from anyone yet, I will keep you guys updated. So without further ado, here is some of my advice and what I have learned about getting jobs in the industry when you're entry level. How to get a job in the industry when you have connections. First off, really, really make sure that you have no connections. Ask everyone you know, just start a conversation. Remember, the lady that did my nails, someone you're sitting next to in a coffee shop, I don't know, like you never know. Whether it be an entertainment lawyer or someone in like the tech department, say at Netflix or the recruiting, you never know. They might be like, actually I do know someone who's going into production soon, let me ask if they need someone. And boom, you're in. If they ask you for a resume and you have no experience or you didn't go to film school, I suggest writing a really persuasive cover letter stating why you want to be in this industry, what your, what your career goals are, what you bring to a set, what skill sets you have. Because sometimes a little really does go a long way and you can always point out passion. But if you have found yourself with no connections, do not fear. I am here. Oh my god, that rhymed. <laughs> anyway, there are so many websites out there that are always putting up new crew calls every single day. And the plus side, especially when you're entry level, the position with most people on a set is usually a production assistant. So here is what I suggest you do and what sites you use. Number one, people sleep on this, but Facebook groups. 
depending on where you live, production sites near New York City. Production sites, you get the gist. Or if you want to be an actor, casting calls in this area. So some of the sites I've used for jobs are Production Hub, LinkedIn, don't sleep on LinkedIn, Backstage sometimes, but I usually use that more for acting roles. Entertainmentcareers.net always has pages and pages of crew calls. There is a website called Crew Calls that you can also use. One thing you can also do, which I also do a lot, is look up my favorite production companies, my favorite streaming platform, say Netflix. I look up Netflix Careers, and I'm right there brings me right to the website with every single job Netflix is hiring for. Same thing with HBO Max or A24. If you're trying to just gain experience, there are often a lot of short films and student films that are always looking for help. Obviously, you won't be getting paid, but I often see a lot of crew calls for student films on Backstage from my own experience, so if you want to check there. So here's my advice to you as I try and wrap everything up. <laughs> Take whatever you can get when you're first starting out because you never know who you're going to meet, where you're going to end up, or who's going to be there, and who's going to want to take you with them to the next project. Like I said earlier as well, most of your first job will unfortunately be unpaid, but the greater pay is the experience that you get to put on your resume because that's even more currency right now in the film industry is having experience. Now, do you need to go to film school? You really don't. I worked with a producer slash actor that actually went to business school and is now a very, very, very successful actor in the industry now. And he didn't go to film school. So what are my ultimate career goals for the future, you may ask? So my ultimate goal is obviously to win an Oscar as is everyone else in this industry. <laughs> my goal in the end is to eventually direct the stories that I write. I want to tell meaningful stories that people will connect to and resonate with. And I want to help people escape life for a little bit because God knows we need to. Sometimes. I want to take people places they've never been before, you know? I'll never forget the moment I knew that I wanted to go into this industry. And that is when I saw Lin-Manuel's In the Heights on Broadway when I was eight. And I'd never felt that way about a production in my life. And I knew from that moment on that I wanted to make people feel how I felt in that theater. I'll never forget it. And then, it happened again when I watched Tick Tick Boom. That movie also changed my life and the way I think about film and passion. Like, just the way Jonathan Larson dedicated his whole entire life to what he loved and he didn't care that he was broke. He just wanted to create. So what are the steps I am taking to get there, you might ask? As of right now, I am looking for assistant jobs at a production studio who makes stuff I want to make. And I got that piece of advice from Julia York. She is a professional screenwriter at CAA. And I sent her a little message on TikTok because I was like, I want to be a professional screenwriter. I love your advice. Please help me. And she did. I'd also love to be a shadow director on a feature because I've done short. I know the process for a feature is much different and I just want to learn. So if anyone is listening and wants a shadow director, I'm your girl. <laughs> And in the midst of all this, I'm also writing my own stuff that I can hopefully one day pitch to a company. So, you wanna be a filmmaker, but you don't know where to start. Pick up a camera and shoot something. 
it's seriously that easy. I know it seems so intangible when you hear it from like incredibly successful directors and filmmakers, but now I'm saying it. In the basement of my house, I'm saying that. The first film I ever shot was a documentary on my iPhone, my phone. It was a male dancer documentary about my brother. And for the B-roll clips, I literally made a makeshift tripod to get the shots that I wanted to take. And you can see me in the mirror for half this stuff. It was so shitty. But when I first made it, I thought it was the most incredible piece of work I was ever going to put out. And now I'm looking back on it, I'm like, that's so bad. But it doesn't matter because it will always have such a special place in my heart because it's the first thing I ever made. And I'm actually hoping to revamp that soon now that I actually know what I'm doing. So updates for that too. So all in all, I'm just here to make the industry seem less scary for you, especially when you're just breaking out into it, especially being a girl going into the industry. I know TV and film and showbiz seems so unattainable sometimes, and it's scary and that stops a lot of people, but I'm so serious, all it takes is foot in the door. But it only works if you do. So if you put that foot in the door, and you don't maintain any of the relationships you made on set, you're not working. I solemnly swear to never gatekeep anything about the industry that I have learned. I promise to share everything I know with you. And am I the most seasoned professional in the entertainment industry? No. But I think that's what's going to make this podcast so special because I'm going to be learning with you guys. It's going to be so much fun. See? I told you that would be the most fun get ready with me you've ever listened to ever. My life is crazy sometimes, but you have to be a little crazy to be in this industry, okay? It's just the truth. <laughs> That's all I have for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm really, really passionate about this podcast and I'm really, really hoping it helps even one get the courage to just do it and come into the industry and come hang out with us because it's so much fun. So while this podcast is mostly targeted at women in the industry, I think that everyone of every gender, of every level of experience can learn. Because sometimes people forget what it's like to be a PA. And that's why I love Steven Spielberg, because he always treats his PAs nicely, because he knows what it was like to be one. I don't think anyone should be able to do anything hard without being a PA. And also, it's so nice to see like super high perspectives of the industry, like from a big producer, you know? So if you know anyone in the entertainment industry, that is looking for a fun new podcast, send it over. Make sure to follow all my socials. My personal Instagram is megan.devery. The podcast Instagram is called femfilmclub, F-E-M-F-I-L-M-C-U-L-B. My website's coming out soon. I'll keep you guys updated with that. As of now, my film TikTok is cinema.addict. I promise next week to bring you guys the latest and the greatest news in entertainment. And it may or may not have to do with the Oscars and the Academy and the controversies going on right now for the nominations. And as always, happy movie watching! This was the Feminist Film Club podcast hosted by Megan Mealy. Thank you so much for tuning in. I seriously really appreciate it.